Well, hello, Raheem. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon. I'm still waiting to get hot at the right time, Perna. Both the 49ers and Chiefs have rosters stacked with talent. Both teams seem to get healthy and hot at the end of the season, which propelled their dominant push through the playoffs. KC getting Chris Jones back against that Titans offensive line was huge. The 49ers played a significant portion of the season without their starting tackles. The most important fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, and even former Chief D. Ford returned at the exact right moment. So which team is destined to fulfill football destiny when both seem so primed to do so? That's why you're here. I will help you figure that out. This seems like... Two of the healthiest Super Bowl rosters I can remember, with two teams playing their best football of the season now. So today, I'll evaluate each matchup, predict a winner with the kind of accuracy you would expect from, I don't know, Matt Moore? That's good sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Coach versus coach. This is an incredible matchup between the two best offensive play callers of this last season. And the way they call football games couldn't be more different. Andy Reid calls plays from his gut, which stores more plays than the servers of stolen plays from other teams at Gillette Stadium. Kyle Shanahan uses his head, a cerebral guy, and has all of his secret plays written on the flat brim of his cool dad hat. Guess what? And this is a big if. If Andy Reid finally wins this game and earns his long-coveted Super Bowl ring, I will permanently retire all fat jokes, even if that ring doesn't fit onto his finger. But seeing Andy Reid on the sideline and Kyle Shanahan on the other is like the before and after photos for emaciation. Kyle also got a great piece of Super Bowl advice from Pete Carroll, who whispered here, if you're on the goal line at the end of the game, throw it. No way they would expect that after what I did. All jokes aside, these really are the two greatest offensive play callers in the game right now. Kyle Shanahan learned from his father, Mike Shanahan, and Andy Reid learned from Mike Holmgrum. Shanahan's offense is more horizontal, relying on stretch runs, waggle plays, and crossing routes, while Reid's offense is extremely vertical, using a ton of seam routes to the tight end and deep shots to wide receivers. Reid does have the slight edge when it comes to experience, both in general and in the Super Bowl. Reid was an assistant to the Packers for one Super Bowl win and one loss, plus the one loss he had in Philly in which their two-minute offense resembled their own coach running down the field. Shanahan obviously went to Super Bowl 51 with the Falcons as offensive coordinator, but he had the opposite problem from Reid. While the Eagles' offense wasn't going fast enough, the Falcons' offense wouldn't slow things down and burn up clock up 25 points, and it was one of the reasons for the greatest collapse in Super Bowl history. However, I think it's fair to say that Shanahan has learned a lot since. Just look at the NFC Championship game. The 49ers threw the ball just three times after they took a 27-0 lead in the second quarter. There has never been a more dead-even matchup in terms of Super Bowl coaching, in my opinion, so I award the coaches zero points for their advantages. They're even. Chiefs offense versus 49ers defense. The focus here is the 49ers pass rush, which may be the best in the league without blitzing. 
but what I think the 49ers need to do to win this game is to provide tight coverage on the receivers. Uh, duh, idiot. Yeah, cover good. Great analysis, Brandon. Listen, okay? It is hard to tightly cover the Chiefs receivers. And as good as Patrick Mahomes is, he's completed the third lowest percentage of tight window throws this season. Now, I'm not saying Mahomes can't make those throws, but just like Tom Brady before him with Josh McDaniels, the Chiefs do an excellent job at getting their ball catchers into wide open spaces. An elite combo of play calling, mismatches, and having a QB to extend plays. If the 49ers front can put pressure on Mahomes and he has to make tight window throws, I think you'll see a lot fewer of those big, amazing crossbody throws that go for touchdowns. You can do that shit when Tyreek Hill has to outrun everyone or Travis Kelsey sneaks back into the zone soft spots. But if coverage is tight, maybe you see Mahomes try and force a throw that results in a turnover. The 49ers' only chance to win is to steal a possession or two from the Chiefs. Robert Sala's crew of first-round draft picks has forced four turnovers in three separate games this season and five in the postseason. The Chiefs' offense has been one of the safest in football with the ball, recording six games, including the postseason, without a turnover. If Richard Sherman can't find a way to get a pick, or Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, and Deep Ford can't strip Mahomes like they did to Aaron Rodgers, it becomes incredibly difficult to keep pace with the Chiefs scoring. Like, if you were to try and go thrust for thrust with the male porn star while making love to your girl. It's still called lovemaking if you're watching porn together, right? I think San Francisco needs to hope Andy Reid makes the mistake of giving carries to LaShawn McCoy for some reason and wasting three timeouts in the third quarter. Outside of the fact that Damian Williams is the better running back and has scored five rushing touchdowns and two receiving TDs in the last three games, McCoy fumbled the ball three times this season on 10 fewer carries to Williams' one fumble. Williams is playing like 97% of the snaps right now, so I don't think Shady gets carries unless Williams gets hurt. The area the 49ers can maybe limit the Chiefs is in the short to mid passing game with their linebackers. The strength of Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Quan Alexander is in coverage. Travis Kelsey kills teams whose linebackers can't cover. For the Chiefs, I don't know if you can stop the 49ers pass rush, but Mitchell Schwartz might be the best right tackle in football, which means Mahomes may have one safe side to roll towards, and next to Lamar Jackson, there's no QB I'm less worried about being able to handle a pass rush than Mahomes. The Chiefs offense gets a half point advantage here, and I say that admitting the 49ers may have one of the best defenses to match up with KC, but to win, they will need to play like an all-time great defense in the Super Bowl. Special teams versus special teams. One thing Chiefs players are great at doing is hitting people they shouldn't, which is why the officials on special teams play should be watching out for Chiefs players. Tyreek Hill stopped returning punts regularly after the Chiefs realized how valuable he was on offense, but they will send him back in big spots like they did against the Texans. Of course, he fumbled that time, but we all forgot about it because the Chiefs came back to win. San Francisco's kick coverage is paramount because even if you don't see Tyreek Hill back there, you will see McCole Hardman, who's a Pro Bowl rookie. Kansas City has the second highest special teams DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. 
That's some nerd shit, so take it as you will. They also have the second most punt return yards in the league, plus 25.1 yards per kick return, so they're basically never starting uh, behind schedule. San Francisco's kicking stats are a little bit misleading because Robbie Gold was out during the middle of the season, but as a team, they only made 77% of their field goals. Their mid-season injury replacement, Chase McLaughlin, actually hit a higher percentage of his kicks, 88, than Robbie Gold, 74, who's the highest paid kicker in the NFL. The only problem is McLaughlin's one missed kick cost them a game. And with so far left, even Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren called it the biggest threat to democracy we have ever seen. Kansas City had another strong year out of their kicker, Harrison Butker, who hit 34 of 38. Uh, it's worth noting, however, that San Francisco was zero for four from 50 plus, and Kansas City was three of six. So if you have a long field goal attempt, you can probably expect these teams will go for it, especially outdoors and at sea level. Advantage, Chiefs, quarter point. 49ers offense versus Chiefs D. Now the Titans run outside zone. The 49ers run outside zone, but the Chiefs who struggled against outside zone all year limited what the Titans could do offensively and slowly suffocated them into submission. Does that mean they can smother the 49ers outside zone rushing attack? No, maybe, but no. The reason being, the 49ers not only have multiple backs to execute their run game, they have a fullback and multiple receiving threats to attack with if the defense over-pursues the run. Everyone knows that this offense revolves around Kyle Shanahan's run scheme. And Shanahan is someone who truly gives the ball to the hot hand. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and Raheem Mostert all had over 500 rushing yards this season. Even Debo Samuel, their wide receiver, had 159 yards and three rushing touchdowns. So he's as much of an option as anyone else. That said, I would expect Mostert to get the majority or the Mostert of the carries next Sunday. Not just because he had 200 rushing yards and four touchdowns against the Packers, but also Tevin Coleman has been dealing with a dislocated shoulder. He should play, but it's been a little bit of an issue. And we haven't seen much of Matt Breida lately uh, because he's fumbled four times in his last six games where he's touched the football. This running game is a lot different from Tennessee's. The Titans pound the ball like raw chicken. And the 49ers like to use stretch runs, counters, delays, traps, tosses, whatever bullshit you want to throw in there. So this game could be decided by the play of Kansas City's linebackers and how often they decide to drop Tyron Matthew into the box, which could ultimately free up George Kittle down the field in the passing game, something we haven't seen yet in the playoffs. The Honey Badger, by the way, who of course got his nickname for smearing honey all over a policeman's badge as a teenager, has been the star of the Chiefs' defense in the playoffs. Over the last eight games, the Chiefs' D has held opponents to 15.5 points per game. Steve Spagnolo has done an excellent job turning them into a Super Bowl unit. However, I'm not sure if the Chiefs can stop tackle Justin Skewell in the red zone. At six foot six, 318 pounds, he's a spitting image of Dennis Kelly, who Casey had no answer for in the red zone. Please, if God is real, let Skewell become the first offensive lineman to catch three touchdowns in a Super Bowl. As good as KC has been, I blame lesser Titans and Texans units, and I think the 49ers will have a big 
full point advantage against Kansas City. And finally, the big determiner, Jimmy G versus Patty Mahomes. To me, Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill are very similar, except Jimmy G was smart enough to not limit his penis to just one beautiful woman forever. They play a very similar style of football, but Garoppolo has more weapons in the passing game. The 49ers scored the second most points in the NFL behind the Baltimore Ravens, and for as much as people like to call Jimmy Garoppolo a passenger in this offense, he threw for nearly 4,000 yards and a two to one touchdown interception ratio, plus an excellent eight and a half yards per attempt putting him fourth behind Tannehill and also Patrick Mahomes. Garoppolo, though, also had 10 games with a completion percentage over 70 and two games over 80. Garoppolo is not a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. There's no way to argue that. But it doesn't mean that Jimmy G isn't pretty damn good, and it doesn't mean he can't do enough to win this game. Now, Patrick Mahomes was sacked just 17 times this season. For as much as the Chiefs throw the football, that's incredibly low. Jimmy G, by comparison, was sacked 36 times on eight fewer passing attempts, which means the 49ers throw more than you think, and despite having a pretty good offensive line, gave up more sacks. I do not have the confidence that Garoppolo can handle a consistent pass rush as well as Mahomes. If Kansas City's front is relentless and they stop the 49ers run game, there's a very small chance Jimmy G carries the offense with like a 400 yard passing game and four touchdowns, which Mahomes could obviously easily do. But it's not like Jimmy G can't do that. Garoppolo threw four tubular dubulars against the Saints in a 349 yard passing performance in the 49ers 48-46 win in New Orleans. The only other four touchdown games and 300 plus yard performances came against Vance Joseph's Cardinals defense. But I think it would be a stretch to believe that's what Garoppolo will do against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. <sighs> Patrick Mahomes has the advantage which gives the Chiefs the overall point lead. I think the 49ers have a better defense and run game, which usually wins in the postseason. The Chiefs have the X factor on special teams and the better quarterback. I do hate the Chiefs, but I don't hate Andy Reid. In fact, as much as I make fun of him, I, act, I really respect the hell out of Andy Reid. There's nothing to not like about him, except for the fact that he coaches a division rival. So it gives me no pleasure to pick against you, Andy Reid. Call me crazy, I just think the 49ers are going to win in an exciting game, 33-30, Niners. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here. Again, I'll have 10 reasons I think the Chiefs can win. So for all of the Chiefs fans I just pissed off, I will give your team the credit it deserves in that episode. 10 reasons I think the 49ers can win. So come back this week and check those out. And yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. <laughs> <laughs>